Welcome to this Daring Adventure podcast, where we work on bridging the gap between where we are and where we want to be in order to live a bigger and bolder life. In this podcast, we will provide inspiration, tips, and skills you need to make your life the adventure you want it to be. Here's your host, mindset mentor and life coach, Trista Gurton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Daring Adventure. Thank you for joining me. Today, I have a very special guest. I have my sister-in-law and good friend, Gordana Tomek. Welcome, Gordana. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for your time. And I wanted to have you on today to talk about my favorite nephew, Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to hear a little bit about your experiences. Christian has autism and he was diagnosed. Well, you can tell us the story maybe and you can explain maybe a little bit about yourself and Christian and then, mm-hmm. you know, the diagnosis and, and what led you to get him screened. Oh, yeah. So hi, everybody. I'm Gordana, <laughs> and I'm an educator and I'm a mom to the nine-year-old boy Christian. We call him the little man. And yes, he is living with autism. We had him screened at about two and a half years of age, which is considered actually really, really early. Even though he was our first, he was our first and he's our only child. We didn't really know what to compare to or kind of what to look for, but we did notice speech delays. So a lack of speech developing. And I would say more pronounced behaviors. You know, people call it the terrible twos, but I, I was quite in shock when when he turned two and some of his behaviors were starting to show because of his lack of ability to communicate with us. So that we had him diagnosed at about two and a half to three years old. And his original diagnosis was social communication disorder. Okay. And then they went back and changed it to autism. Okay. Okay. All right. And then, so what have some of the biggest challenges you've faced since the diagnosis? Well, the thing is diagnosis is it, it's not that difficult to diagnose. I okay. mean, once you get to that point, accepting it and noticing it as a parent would be hard. Mm-hmm. And then accessing a developmental pediatrician is the difficult step here in Ontario and Canada. And I'm sure as it is in a lot of places, the wait year just to have the wait period just to have an appointment is about a year. Mm -hmm. And once you are diagnosed, you know, I thought that once we had a diagnosis, and I'm sure this can speak to a lot of parents, once you have a diagnosis, you kind of feel like you're going to have the answers and you're going to know what to do. And that's not the case. You still have to learn from scratch and then still wait for further supports and further funding. And those supports and funding can still take up to two and a half to three years to arrive. So even though he was diagnosed very early, supports came much, much later when he was already in school and already receiving supports that we have put into place for him without outside supports okay if that makes sense yeah yeah and the biggest challenge since diagnosis really and even today is feeling like you're on your own you Mm -hmm. know even when you do receive supports you have to learn very quickly 
to be the advocate, to be the lead, even though you're not an expert and you don't know it all, and to just educate yourself, to seek information, to seek support, to seek a community where you're going to, you know, have other parents who support you. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was first diagnosed, I would spend days researching, emailing different organizations, filling out applications, sending them in, following up. I, I called it like professional and bothering of people. I threw myself into it and, and I and I figured it out by researching and supporting because I figured that was the only way to help. And and I still say today, I have I, learned lots, but I am by no means an expert on it. And everybody kind of does it differently, right? Mm. So I'm guessing there wasn't sort of a one-stop shop to get all the information and all the, you know, find support and whatnot. Like you really had to do a lot of legwork to identify resources. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get a diagnosis, you kind of get, here's a couple of things that might help you. And then those couple of things you can apply for. It's another wait list. A lot of parents get discouraged because the wait lists are still another year or two or three years. So you kind of have to go and search on your own. Okay, my child needs speech support or my child needs an iPad. What do I do there? Or my child needs to learn text-to-speech programming because they're not verbal. What do I do there? So you kind of become a jack-of-all-trades in in special needs training and speech therapy and occupational therapy and it's not really connected years later they're now here in Ontario they are trying to make it more accessible and connected so once you do receive some funding and supports you have someone that you can rely on that can direct you to different places but you are still they're directing you to different organizations where you're dealing with new applications and other people that you have to go through to kind of access other services so it's it's that's what makes it so difficult Mm. because it's not a one-stop shop and it's very different for each child the supports that are needed so yeah yeah because it's so unique to each child supports have to be spread out and different but then finding them and figuring them out and accessing them can be very very time consuming and and hard to find Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what about support for the parents? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, when, when he was first diagnosed, I, I went through a, a grieving process, right? Mm. Where you kind of go through the steps of grieving and I sought my own support. So I connected with parents who also had kids who had special needs, but their kids might've been a little bit older. So, you know, they had a chance to go through the process that I'm just going through now. And I, and I did therapy and I talked to anyone who would basically listen. (laughs) And that's kind of what helped me now that it's been years. I have found, you know, certain organizations who do offer parental supports, but that also takes time, right? It takes time to find the different places that you can turn to. Okay. Okay. And what about your successes? Like what have your greatest successes been? And I mean, I know you've had him enrolled in all sorts of supports and programs Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. Like what have some of the best ones been for, for you and for him? Yeah. I mean, when he was first diagnosed, I kind of went I said, okay, you know, maybe he doesn't have it, the denial stage, but we're going to do everything as if, he does and help him right so 
He had occupational therapy support. He had speech support. He had ABA therapy. We put him in a school that gives support to kids living with autism because we found that he, that with the needs that he had at an early age in JK to SK, he wouldn't really be supported in a regular classroom. That has changed. So that's a huge success. Now he is in a regular classroom and learning because we have put all of those into place. And really, even everyday things like going on a vacation, you know, for us, it's a, it's a success because we have to break it down into steps. I create a video for him of a social story of what it's going to look like with my voiceover. I, I think I use like iTunes videos and then included pictures of his life and, and of where we're going and him going and coming back and then watching that video and being happy about it and succeeding and going on a vacation on a plane, you know, somewhere different. Mm. That's a huge success for us. So for us, it's a lot of the stuff that, you know, maybe people don't think about that we would have to break down into smaller parts to be able to be successful. And, and just speaking, because he's very verbal and he prefers to be verbal, but having that text-to-speech training to begin with where he was giving us pictures, mm. requesting things to build his verbal vocabulary was, was huge, mm. huge for him. Yeah. So we've had lots of lots of successes and, and I feel like it's always something new and, and new growth. I mean, just like with all children, but we, I feel like we celebrate ours a little bit more because we definitely have to put a little more effort into them mm -hmm. from our side and Christian mm -hmm. has to work hard for it as well. Nice. Okay. And tell us what selfies are. Oh boy. <laughs> so when we're out in public and, you know, people hear selfies. <laughs> so selfies started out as an, a Christian's sensory and anxiety need for him. And he would grab your hand and basically put it on his head or ears. So you would rub his head or hand or leg, mostly it was head. So when they first started, because he can't really tell us what it is, we had gone through, you know, is it an ear infection? Is it, you know, is it something with the do with the skin or so on? But really, eventually, we figured out that it's a sensory need for him to mm -hmm. kind of keep him grounded and calm. And it helps with anxiety. And since the selfies have started first they were rubs and he would grab your hand aggressively and rub his head and then we have trained him slowly over the years by prompting him with a visual to not request the rub but to say selfies and to either seek a hand touch from someone else in a nice way by asking for selfies or to do it himself to kind of touch his own hand and self-regulate independently because that's really the goal for for everything right if he can self-regulate independently and do things independently and the reason we call them selfies is because asking for rubs is kind of socially not really adequate so we call them selfies because it's cute and funny and it's socially appropriate to kind of self-soothe selfies right mm -hmm. to touch your own hand and he still asks for it every now and then he wants a selfie and he likes to be reassured that you're there and soothe him and you can just say selfies back and he'll do it himself. He won't touch anybody else, mm. but I'll see him sitting on his iPad and just kind of gently pat his hand and just self-soothe and he's good to go and he's grounded, which is, which is amazing. 
Yes, I've witnessed that evolution and it is. <laughs> of the selfies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's been great, really. And how are you his advocate? You know, I always think I'm not doing enough, but really, I'm sure everybody thinks that when they think about their kids. But I research, I incessantly talk and follow up, I dig up new information, I... I contact organizations, you know, I've started doing that a while back, which, which kind of leads into the Instagram account, account that I created. I would, you know, reach out to camps, reach out to, to different day programs or sports and ask them, you know, what do you have in place for kids with special needs? And I'll, I'll really, like I said, I'll talk to anyone who listen and I'm, I'm prepared for him going into going into school interviews or I connect still with other parents who you know they say this really worked for us try this and and over the years you just kind of collate all of this information that you know what to do when you're going into things and how to support even though you don't know everything you kind of have a good base of how to start whatever it is that you know, he'll need support with either whether, whether he's changing schools or whether he's moving or starting a new sport and so on. Mm -hmm. Right. And you do have such a wealth of, of information now. And you mentioned your Instagram account, which is life, health and autism. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Well, because years ago, when I first started out on, on our journey, I, had to look into a million different places to find information. And years ago, I was actually talking to my sister and I said, you know, it would be really, really cool if whoever is diagnosed or whoever wants to have a child, they should rent out me and Christian, you know, as a joke. So they know what to do. <laughs> and then from a joke, we've kind of evolved, you know, we should have a page where we <laughs> share information that we know in one place, parents, <laughs> for resources, for different government funding, for applications, for strategies, for, you know, things that kids are, nor you know, usually very frequently diagnosed with in addition to autism, where a parent can easily and freely access this information and, and will kind of get the support that they need without going to many, many different places to find it. That's what our Instagram page became because it's so readily available and it's so easy. I figured why not share our life really? And some of the super cute, funny and unique thing that, you know, we do, but it will help other people, other people, other parents, and really anybody who will take a few minutes out of their day to look. And with our page, our goal is well, like a long-term goal for us to be would be to create workshops to work with businesses in training employees or in training, you know, service providers, airlines, sports camps, really restaurants, any any place really in how to better create better environments for different clientele right for right. for people who might need more inclusion for more neurodiverse clients mm -hmm. and also once once those places start thinking about those types of things to create employment employment opportunities for neurodiverse kids 
right? Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, great ideas. And you could also do your own podcast. How fantastic would that be? <laughs> I know. I've been thinking about it. You know, I take my time starting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I think you have a lot of material to, and a lot of great things to share with everybody. So put it on your list. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> All right. So tell me, what's the best part of being his mom? You know, seeing him work so he's a worker he works very hard seeing him work so hard and succeed being how he grows and base as he grows it's almost like we are seeing more and more of his personality come through because now we're able to kind of peel off the layers of you know mm. now he can communicate and he can share things with us and he can share that personality and his intellect mm. and I feel like I'm always discovering things about him and and the world that he kind of has started to build outside of just his parents and that's such a beautiful thing because our fear well my fear was when he was first diagnosed is that he will not have a world outside of us that he will not be independent mm -hmm. you know and I'm sure that's a lot of fears for every parent but especially mm -hmm. parents with kids with special needs mm -hmm. and now discovering that oh my gosh he does all these things by himself and he has a whole world outside of us, you know, is just beautiful to see develop and for us to discover it. Mm. That's lovely. Yeah. Very nice. And then what have you learned about yourself? No, that I'm much stronger than I ever thought I was. Even when I don't feel strong on you know most of the days because had someone told me you know you are going to be able to do this and you're you're actually going to do well and and your child will succeed I wouldn't have believed it you know and to to do something that's undoable teaches you your strength and not only can we do it but you know we can still be our best selves and we can have fun while doing it Mm. because that's your worry right like I, mm. like I said before once once you get that diagnosis your worry is that you know that life will not be beautiful or fun mm. or enjoyable and and I you know I've learned that hey you're everybody's strong and everybody can do beyond what they originally thought and you can still mm. enjoy the beauty of life through being a mom or an advocate for your child or through seeing your child grow Mm. yes and and I have to say you are definitely one of the strongest women I know and you've done a beautiful job thank you so much <laughs> all right so do you have any advice for moms maybe with with children that have just been diagnosed or maybe have questions you know, I would say allow yourself to grieve because all emotions that you experience, even some of the negative ones, are necessary and completely fine to experience and not to feel guilt over them and, and process all of it. But then help your child in the best way that you can, even though you are you feel like you're not the expert, you actually are and you're the best yeah. person to help your child. And do it your own way. No parent has the answer. And always, it's scary to reach out for help and support. But do it anyway. Even if it scares you. 
Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. I I would have said the exact same thing actually as a coach. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, on okay. my list again. <laughs> yeah. So your Instagram accounts, if people want to find you, is life underscore health and autism, and I will put that in the show notes. And Thank anything you. else you want to add in the show notes, if you have any resources or anything else you want to share, we'll make sure that that those are included as well. So, you know, people can, can find that if it's, if it's helpful. Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you thank so much. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story and Christian's story with us. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. If you have any questions, anything for me, if you're interested in trying coaching for yourself, all the links will be in the show notes. If you're feeling like you're meant for more, it's because you are. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Daring Adventure podcast with your host, Trista Gurton. We hope you enjoyed the tips and conversations on how to get excited about life again. As always, you can head to tristagurton.com for additional resources and to book a one-on-one coaching session. You can also follow Trista on Instagram at Trista B. Gurton. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.